0: Hello and welcome to the podcast channel, What If Education. If you're tuning into this podcast for the first time and missed my introduction in the previous one, here it is again. My name is Monica Theron and in this three-part series we'll be discussing what education could be like in 2030. The goal of this podcast is to paint an ideal picture as to how the guest speakers see the future of education 10 years from now. I will interview one teacher and one student in each episode following the same basic storyline to see if there's a pattern or difference of opinion in the conversations we'll be having. This is episode two. Today I'm joined by Jaap Brons, originally a history teacher but currently teaching humanities at the high school academy Teen, based in Utrecht and Pelle Berkaut, a postgraduate student specializing in Latin American studies, international relations, as well as a student assistant at the Center for Innovation at Leiden University. So Pelle, would you like to tell us a little bit about yourself?
1: Thank you so much. My name is Pelle. Um, I'm a, I'm a student at Leiden University. Uh, I'm a student of the, uh, the Master International Relations uh, and uh, the Master of Latin American Studies. And besides that, I try to be a very active member of the uh, of the university community uh, by doing uh, by being involved with other students organizing stuff um, and also moreover uh, I recently joined the Leiden Center for Innovation uh, to to, to, uh, to join a, re- a research uh, on um, innovation in the, Dutch, in the Dutch government and uh, just innovation in general actually uh, like uh, education innovation um, which, which we're going to discuss this podcast I guess and uh, yeah thanks uh, thank you so much for inviting me
0: Awesome. And Jaap, tell us about yourself.
2: Uh, I work uh, at a high school in Utrecht. Um, I teach humanities. Uh, um, Originally, originally I'm a a history teacher and I'm also studying at the time um, in Amsterdam to get a first degree in teaching history.
0: And is that your passion? Is that kind of the line you've always wanted to go as a teacher?
2: Yeah, um, I always wanted to do something in the public sector and something with working with people. Um, At first, I wanted to be more of a uh, a social worker kind of uh, thing. Tried that for a bit, didn't really work out for me. And then I started to uh, started the uh, teacher study for history and that's that I really enjoyed. So yeah, history is um, what I enjoy the most. And uh, teaching also very challenging, interesting job that taught me a lot. So, yeah.
0: Thank you guys for the short introduction. Um, I think it's time for us to move on to the next part. It's the year 2030. Everything is very different, or perhaps it's the same. From the way we commute, communicate, socialize and of course study. You are just about to start a new semester. Perhaps think about your most memorable learning or teaching experience and include that in your storyline. Also keep in mind um, Pelle you are now a teacher and not a student anymore since it's 2030 so we would hope that you would you would be done with your studies. Um, And try and imagine the future by also incorporating your teaching or learning experience and include the subjects that you are currently either giving a lecture about. Um, So then first question to you is, paint a picture for us. What does education look like in 2030? What do you see? Pelo?
1: So, yeah, I'm a a teacher now in in 2030 uh, and I'm uh, off to work um, and it's like 10 in the morning. Um, and I'm going to teach a class uh, together with with some colleagues because uh, in 20, uh, 2030, uh, I have the impression that, um, or I know for a fact, of course, um, that teaching has become way more uh, interdisciplinary and made way more flexible. Because um, when I think back of my own, uh, my own experience in, for example, high school, um, I just did before before this podcast, and I was thinking like, pretty amazing how nowadays you go to school and you have six different subjects a day uh, and you start more or less uh, around 8 or 9 every morning and you go home every day around 3 or 4 um I was thinking I have the feeling that in in 2030 this, this could could become like a bit outdated um like um only, only the the COVID-19 crisis maybe proves this that people are way more flexible in, than than uh, than we thought uh, and also maybe this counts for for education um, so uh, it could very well be that um, classrooms or classes are, are given in a way more flexible way, both time-wise as well as content-wise. Um, so yeah, I think the flexibility and uh, interdisciplinarity are are, are keywords here.
0: And what about you, YAP? What does 2030 look like to you?
2: In 2030, um, uh, school subjects will will be more integrated and um, It will be more uh, project-wise, not so much uh, classes that last for one hour, uh, kids sitting still, listening to the teacher talking and making assignments, Um, but there will be much more to choose from. Um, There will be more uh, room for children to choose their own subjects, choose what they want to um, uh, learn more about, and. Do their own research. Research about that. Um, Children will get more time to spend. um, They will get to make more choices about how they want to uh, spend their time, working on which assignments at what time, and schools will also uh, be more um, built for this principle. So, possibly there will still be classrooms, but there will also be. bigger areas where children can sit and work for themselves
0: and and what about for yourself like how does how does that work for your your schedule
2: okay so when i'm teaching a class now um i'm um, i get a class for 50 minutes and for every class that i teach i have to make like a program so I'm going to tell them something. Um, I've got a few uh, exercises to do for them. Um, I'm going to give them their homework, their assignments, maybe a few texts to read. And um, when they, in 2030, when they will be working on projects, um, I'll be more be doing more of a uh, coaching role. So children will get more initiative to um, do what they think is interesting, and I will. Help them with that, and not so much that I tell them what they should do.
0: On a social level, what what does what does each classroom look like? Like the setup, the physical setup of when you are actually um, teaching. Um, and also, do you think you'll be grading students or giving out diplomas, or do you think in twenty thirty that's not really the case anymore?
1: Um, yeah. So uh, once again, and uh, Yap yeah, already mentioned it too, like. There will be some some bigger areas to host more children um, to then in turn what maybe uh, or work maybe in smaller groups in that bigger area uh, on specific projects, uh, multidisciplinary uh, projects. Um, and to manage that big of a crowd, of course, you need more uh, more teachers and then preferably from different uh, different subjects. So maybe a, a history teacher with a humanities teacher uh, or, or geography. Um, uh, yeah, I think they did. They, 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 Those kind of teams have a lot to offer to to different uh, groups of children Um, and then yeah, maybe it's not very uh, innovative, but I do think that in some kind of way you're going to need grades and diplomas to keep such such a big of a system in place that uh, has an output of I don't know how many thousand students every year uh, going from high school to university or to other schools. I do think there, yeah, you, you do need grades and diplomas to, um, um, yeah, to to manage that effectively.
0: Do you feel the same way, Yap? Um
2: So the physical space, uh, ideally, um, would be a combination, I think, of what we have now. So traditionally schools are organized into different classrooms and there's a hole where kids walk from one classroom to the next. Um, Well, it would be nice to have like a bigger open space where uh, uh, kids would spend some of their time um, as they please. Um, But you probably still need some classrooms for instructions. Uh, You will always have uh, students that um, need more attention from a teacher than another. Um, And it's nice to have a separate space where you can uh, provide that for them. Um, so that's the, uh, the uh, physical space. Um, when it comes to grading and degrees, um, yeah, that's interesting. So when um, students go to the second phase in the Dutch uh, educational system, um, they start with their school exams. And in the end, there's a final exam. And the school exams, um, schools already have a lot of freedom to determine that for themselves. But uh, the subjects of the final exams, those are fixed. So it makes most sense to teach um, students the um, what they are going to get in their final exams. But there are a lot of people um, kind of making the case that now it's 50-50, there's school exams and there's the central exams um, to make the school exams a part of the final grade. And that way schools will get a lot more freedom to uh, write their own curriculum. Um, and hopefully, it's even kind of probable that uh, that's the way that things will be going in the next decades.
0: Okay, interesting. Is there any future technology you would add to um, 2030 that you think might assist you in teaching that is perhaps already out there or hasn't been invented yet that you think might really be useful? Uh,
2: Yeah, absolutely. Um, There are a lot of interesting new uh, digital um, um, books coming out. So, uh, assignments, texts, um, there's a kind of uh, gamification uh, point system. So, uh, children get points for doing exercises. Um, uh, It's very convenient, but it can be very convenient for teachers as well. Since, um, uh, you know, you can uh, see how uh, children, you you can see uh, their assignments anytime from your laptop. Um, Something, uh, another program that's very uh, promising is uh, called Lesson Up. Um, It allows you to build very fun, uh, interactive uh, uh, classes, instructions. So it's a lot like PowerPoint, but children will also have your presentation on their iPads. You can build in all these quizzes, little games. Uh, You can make real cool. Mind maps, um, so children can ask questions that will pop up on the uh, on the uh, on your smart boards while you're teaching. So yeah, it makes it a lot more uh, interactive.
0: Okay. Hala, do you have anything to add regarding the technology that you think might help?
1: Mm, well, I don't necessarily have a, a super innovative technology um, to propose here. I just have the feeling that of course it's gonna it could be super super helpful um in many cases it, is, it probably is already um but what I, from what i remember from uh, from my high school it was maybe the first generation in which ipads were used or like some classes below me um and you do have to admit that it's also a huge challenge for for teachers uh, implementing these new new technologies like ipads or whatever is going to pop up uh, what we don't know uh, what we don't know yet in the future um that it certainly does take a lot of time to to um, uh, to get used to those and some may may not get used to those at all um another example is maybe youtube like uh, I, I me personally I also i also had uh, teachers who loved youtube uh, but then at some point uh, it replaced a quarter of the of the class and I, I don't think that's the the way it's supposed to be so of course it has a lot of uh, very positive aspects but yeah you, you should keep the the challenges in mind too i guess It's not, it's it's not a must, right? It should be an addition, Um, which can be very positive, but yeah.
0: Okay. So, um, to make it a little bit more interesting, I want to add a few elements into your story and based on real technology developments currently being prototyped, let's say that in 2030, they've been implemented. So due to security changes and constant health outbreaks, but also a convenience factor. Microchip technology by Biohacks International is being used on all students and staff. And as an additional feature, these microchips allow each person to give each other score ratings. For example, a teacher rates a student on respect or a student rates a teacher on being fair towards him or her. These social ratings count towards, let's say, 5% of the final grade of the student and 5% towards the teacher's year-end bonus. How do you think that will affect you, being a teacher, in the, in the future now? Is it, is it something uh, you're against or for?
2: Yeah, uh, that's a dilemma. Um, well, it kind of takes away the responsibility of the students themselves, doesn't it? And it doesn't improve uh, the students, um, um, you know, internal motivation to uh, behave a certain way. There's an external uh, reason for them to do so. So, no, no, I wouldn't. This is not how I want want
1: to treat my students. Absolutely not, actually.
0: And you, Pelle, how do you feel about it?
1: To be the devil's advocate you could say like um um it could optimize if you zoom out a bit it could optimize the whole system like um students could know who are the best teachers and and vice versa uh, and thereby um yeah your, your your system becomes better the teachers go the best teacher go to the best students etc um but that's i have to stress that's really a devil's advocate i i i wouldn't like this personally either because um yeah, I don't think it, it creates a nice atmosphere in, in, in class uh, for it for the student sides, um, uh, but yeah, you just said the motivation, is not going to be uh, internal, but uh, externally imposed on them and thereby I think pressure and stress on, on them is going to increase even more um, and I also don't think um, that for teachers is very relaxing because. Um, now you probably have after every every semester some evaluation, but now with with this kind of chip, you're constantly evaluated and you're constantly have to watch what you're doing. And I think that's very stressful. And teachers in, in general, um, uh, that's nowadays pointed out in society also have a very, already have a very uh, stressful job. So I don't think for, for men- the mental health of both, of both teachers and students, I don't think it's a very good idea.
2: On the uh, optimization points. Um, yeah, when it comes to giving uh, students uh, feedback on their behavior, um, what what this basically would be. Uh, yeah, we already have tools to do that. Um, I don't know if the microchips would uh, add that much to it. I mean, you can sit a student down and talk to them and uh, explain why this behavior is um, disrespectful. Um, yeah, I don't know. And in some extreme cases, you can give uh, students penalties already. Um, yeah, I, w- I wouldn't be really be sure what it would add. Yeah, a rating system, um, I suppose.
0: Moving on, um, I have one last question. Do you think that you would implement or change any of these ideas that we've just discussed into your learning environment, and do you think it's something that could happen now instead of ten years from now?
2: Um, yeah, absolutely. I think a lot of that is uh, going on already, and a lot of the things we discussed uh, are things that uh, are happening uh, happening at the time. I think like uh, interdisciplinary uh, projects um has have, have been uh becoming more and more common uh, in high schools in the Netherlands and probably will continue to do so um yeah I don't know if you have something to say uh bella in between
1: yeah it, it, I think the interdisciplinarity is a very good point flexibility and bigger classrooms are are, are, are too um, and maybe just in general um we didn't really touch it yet that much but in general letting go of like the very strict subjects um and also give some attention to maybe just skills instead of uh, knowledge about history or, or math um yeah try to to in some way teach students some skills um like i don't know presentation well, of, of course uh, there's a lot of attention for that already but it could be an example uh, and that's like, not only reached by uh, or taught by uh, a lot of history classes, but in many different ways, probably.
2: Yeah, twenty first century skills are also something that's yeah. being talked a lot about uh, in uh, in high schools.
1: Yeah. Uh, and then definitely the I think after this conversation, the chip is kind of uh, off the table. It was a great talking point, but uh, <laughs> or maybe we, we we're gonna be proved wrong and um, we're all uh, walking at school with a chip in our head.
0: Well, there it is. Another podcast with a slightly different perspective on how education from a campus teaching and futuristic point of view could possibly look like in 2030. I hope that you enjoyed this conversation with Jaap Rons and Pelle Berkaut. And in the next final podcast of this series, I'll be joined by Marcelo gomez Morera and Juliet van der Larsa. And I look forward to welcoming you there.